Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Shop here with you, and we got a special guest as always, Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Monday. Yeah, did you have a great weekend? Sure did. All right, fantastic. Well, we've got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to start with a couple of new movie reviews from Bob, and then we'll have a very special uh, uh, special gift for all the listeners out there. But let's start with New Order, a uh, release that uh, just came out here over in the United States here on uh, Friday. Tell us a little bit about New Order. I wasn't really familiar with this one. Okay, well, this is a, um, a winner of a lot of uh, international film awards. Um, it's about a... Uh, a wealthy family uh, dealing with a um, economic uprising in Mexico. Um, some family members are killed. Some family members are kidnapped, uh, and others have to deal with uh, the aftermath of both. Um, I, um, I I didn't care for this movie. Um, I thought it uh, delighted and lingered too much on uh, on violence, and um, I mean, it's it's often it's often uh, very good at creating suspense, um, but I would have preferred that um, that they focused on the struggle uh, involving the uprising rather than just the uh, just the violence and torture associated with it. You know, listening to you here, you know that your description of this movie it kind of sounds, and I don't want to put it in the same class as this, but it sort of sounds like maybe like a, a hand-me-down version of Parasite almost, where we talk about... Yes, it's getting, it's getting a lot of comparisons to that, but uh, that movie was a lot more humanizing. Sure. Yeah, I know this one, as you said, focuses a little bit more on the violence. Parasite really didn't focus too much on violence, although there was uh, a little bit of violence in there as it kind of boiled, everything kind of boiled up to the, the surface. Um, overall, anything that you liked about New Order, or was it all just kind of uh, drab and just... Uh, too uh, too difficult to watch. Uh, the the early parts um, that build atmosphere and uh, and are ominous. Uh, it did it did a good job of building suspense, but once the trigger was pulled, um, there wasn't much there. Okay. Uh, do you have a final grade for B minus? B okay. Yeah. All right. Now looking uh, at maybe hopefully a little bit more family friendly. I, I hope with Dream yes. Horse another Dream uh, Horse much much more watchable <laughs> than. Um, than, uh, uh, gosh, New Order. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Dream Horse. Uh, you know, obviously, horse. You know, horses seem to take on uh, center stage at times in Hollywood. Tell us a little bit about this movie. Okay. Well, Dream Horse is a movie about a um, housewife played by Tony Collette, who 
um, is practically the sole breadwinner for her family uh, because of her job at a supermarket. Um, husband just uh, sits around unemployed all day watching TV. Um, she decides that her life needs more purpose uh, and she is a very practiced animal trainer. So she decides to uh, breed and own and uh, I guess take part in the raising of a racehorse. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of money, so she needs uh, to have people in her village. Oh, this takes place in Wales, by the way. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, she needs people in her small village to uh, go in on buying the racehorse. And uh, so everybody chips in $10 a week, and uh, they all own it together. Okay. Well, yeah, well, you know, and Tony Collette, always reliable yes. actress. Here she gets a, a. I know she. I remember uh, recently she seems to have been starring in more horror thrillers, but here she gets a little bit more of a you know fun drama, but you know some comedy mixed in. But uh, you know, Damian Lewis is always a reliable actor as well. Uh, you know, what stands out maybe about this uh, this movie other than maybe the charm of uh, you know seeing something other than a horror movie that you seem to have been seeing like every single week. It seems like here in the early part of the summer. That's that's just it. That's just a charm, charm surface level charm. Um, it's not a very complex movie. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, if you like to see nice people and uh, you know, cute little underdog story about a, a racehorse, I mean, the the trailers um, probably people aren't seeing as many people as um, as many movies as I do. So they probably haven't seen the trailer as many times as I have. But I've been seeing the trailer before pretty much every movie for the last month or two. So I'm glad that this one finally opened. <laughs> kind of got sick of watching the trailer, huh? You're like, okay, let's see what it's all about, right? So, well, it yeah. sounds like you might have uh, liked this. So what did you, uh, what was your final grade here for Dream Horse? I, I gave it a C. Um, okay. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much exactly what you get from the trailer. So it didn't surprise me at all. Um, just, just a nice little movie. Okay. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Well, um, obviously, you know, the summer movie season is getting into full swing here. Uh, it's always good to talk a little bit about some of the lesser known stuff that's coming out as well. So definitely appreciate those new reviews. Well, Bob, we have a special uh, treat for everybody today. Um, you know, every once in a while, we're going to do some lists. I know we did our uh, favorite villains a few weeks ago, which was a lot yep. of fun. Uh, this week, we're going to be looking at animated movies. Uh, yes. Bob, um, I don't. I can go first, or if you want to go first, or maybe if you want to go, uh, you know, one by one. But we can start from five and work our way up. But I uh, just wanted to see if you wanted to start, or if you wanted me to start. Well, uh, you started last time, so so I think it's appropriate that I'll start. Okay. Um, this time, uh, for my number five, uh, I felt it was necessary to <clears throat> get in a uh, a studio uh, besides the one. <laughs> that's uh, that's coming for the other four entries. Uh, so at my number five, uh, I picked uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Okay. I picked uh, that movie because it is extremely quotable and extremely memorable and extremely <laughs> crude and extremely funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, just a, just a movie uh, that I've uh, previously called my favorite musical of all time, uh, <laughs> mainly due to the second musical number of the movie, uh, which was title I can't even say here, right. but uh, I, it's a movie that I've, um, you know, always been able to, to go to and laugh at uh, whenever I need cheering up. 
All right, fantastic. All right, what's number four on your list? Uh, number four is Moana. Okay. Number four is Moana. Um, I think I instantly identified Moana as the best Disney princess of all time, although she will be quick to say that she's not a princess, she is a chief's daughter, but that isn't going to stop Disney from pushing her as a princess. Right. Um, when, uh, when it came time to pick out a um, special... Uh, uh, nameplate, I guess, uh, for my uh, newborn niece. Uh, there was only one movie that I wanted to go to, uh, and that was Moana. And I um, I had a special uh, art project made up for her uh, based on Moana, uh, the most delightful Disney movie of the modern era. I'm so glad you picked that. I was like razor thin close of putting that on my list because I just love that movie so much. The music is is just brilliant. Visually, it's stunning. I'm so glad you put that on your list, Bob, even though it just, I probably should have put that on my list because it is that great. It's, it's, it, I, I agree with you. It is a, a terrific film and probably the most charming and most, uh, you know, empowering film, I think, maybe even of the modern Disney era, just of, you know, female empowerment and just telling this story of Moana. Just a terrific film, beautiful to look at, great music. The Rock even sings in it, so you can't go wrong. Yes, I didn't know. I didn't know I wanted a, a musical number with The Rock, but but right. he gave it to me, and I loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. I really mm, I, I, now I wish I would have put it on my list. Okay, what's number three for you, Bob? Uh, number three is Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Now uh, you had suggested um at some point that we talk about the movie that made me fall in love with movies uh, yeah. as a separate feature but yeah. this what but this is it okay this was the first first run movie i saw in theaters um the first animated movie to get a best picture nomination and deservedly so maybe okay. it should have won but uh absolutely delightful songs character development um gags of course um even even some scary parts, yeah. That um, that that stayed with me, but I respected. Absolutely, yeah. That's a great pick. And another movie that I really, really wanted to find a spot for on my list, but I just decided to squeeze it out for some other movies. And obviously, I'll go into that. But it's a great film, beautiful music, and really, you know, I think not that it's the first animated movie ever, but it certainly kicked off this idea that animated movies can be more than just children's movies. It can be a best picture nominee. It can transcend age and genre. It's a, it's a terrific sort of scary movie for some little kids because it's, it's sort of dark and disturbing at times, but then also it's exciting and fun and, and there's a lot of laughs as well. So great pick there, Bob. All right. What's next up on your list here? Um, number two is Toy Story. Okay. And I want to emphasize, uh, this goes for any movie in the Toy Story franchise, because um, this could have crowded up the list <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, if, I, if I had gone by individual Toy Story movies. So I'm just having one big Toy Story entry here at number two. Um, you know, delightful characters and, and humor. Um, last year, uh, before the theaters closed, there was a, uh, a marathon of Pixar movies okay. uh, that culminated in a uh, culminated in a screening of uh, Onward, 
Okay. Uh, but before that, this uh, theater showed six other Pixar movies. It was the best movie-going experience I had all year. Um, and uh, during that marathon, I saw Toy Story for the sixth time, okay. uh, making it the movie that I have seen in theaters more than any other movie. I have seen Toy Story six times in theaters. Um, so just, just a very important movie to me uh, personally and uh, just an all-around delight. Well, and we talked about Beauty and the Beast maybe kicking off the idea that, you know, animated movies can be so much more. You know, when Toy Story came out in the mid-90s, it really showed us what animation can be and what it can become. And, you know, you're right. It was another, I, you know, you, we, I think we could have put all the Toy Stories on our list or whatever. And, you know, it, it certainly as a franchise, it's in some ways it's gotten better with, you know, each movie has, you know, continued to get better and, um, but the original, always hard to be, didn't quite make my list, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of great animated movies out there. It's hard to whittle it down to five, but, uh, well, you had, a, you had a difficult task here. What's number one? What is your number one animated movie? Uh, number one animated movie is a film that came out, uh, at exactly the right time in my life. Uh, I was eight years old. I was the perfect target audience for this movie. Uh, and that is the Lion King. Okay. Um, one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. Um, one of the greatest opening scenes of all time. And uh, just a movie that, that hit me at just the right time is The Lion King. Yeah, it's a very Shakespearean, a very, uh, you know, sort yes. of an adult, adult themed animated movie, but certainly one that kids can, you know, relate to and, and have fun with. And you know, you have a great list here, Bob. I, I have to admit, you know, I, I'm not. I'm looking at my list, thinking, well, maybe I missed the mark here a little bit. But uh, I love your list. You know, you definitely had a good blend of old and new, uh, you know, animated features in there. A uh, a few weeks ago, um, when we did uh, best villains, uh, I had uh, Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre right. Dame on the list. Uh, but I uh, very easily could have. This spot very easily could have gone to Scar. Uh, I recently watched that film again. Yeah. And uh, Scar from The Lion King, uh, almost every line he says is funny, um, except for when he's being scary. Right, exactly, exactly. Were there but any movies Jeremy that... Jeremy just has terrific yeah. comedic timing in that role. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, were there any movies that just made your list that maybe you wanted to touch on or just uh, throw out there that just kind of missed your top five? Um, I was sorry that I couldn't find a place for Aladdin. Okay. Um, I was sorry that I couldn't find a place for uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Okay, man. So it looks like our lists are going to be a little bit different in the sense that I, I think I'm going a little bit more, uh, not, I, I shouldn't say modern because, you know, it's not like your your list is, uh, you know, in the dark ages, but uh, some that just missed my list were a lot of what you had, which were The Lion King and also Beauty and the Beast, really, you know, Moana was also really, really close um, but I kind of went in a, a sort of a stranger direction. I think my my number five is the Lego Movie. Um, okay, now, that could, that could have very easily made my list as well. Now this was a movie. You know, one of these days I want to talk about pleasant surprises at the theater because when I saw the trailer to this, maybe a year or so before it was released, I thought it looked like who would care about watching a Lego Movie? It looks like the dumbest idea ever for a movie. And then fast forward to about a year later or so when I actually see the film, and I'm just blown away by how exciting and energetic and fun it was. It was it was hilarious. It was one of the funniest movies of the year. 
um, just a, a really kinetic energy about it that really made you kind of smile while watching it and just loving every second of it, whether it's cliche or not. It just it was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, a Valentine's Day release in 2014 or a week before Valentine's Day, I think it might have been the perfect release for Valentine's Day that I never would have expected because it was so much fun. Yes, yes. Toy Story for a new generation. I was very surprised yeah. that it turned out to uh, to not be the um, – that it turned out to be more than just a 90-minute commercial for Legos, which is what it looked like from the trailers. Right. I absolutely agree with you. Now, number four on my list is probably the most nostalgic I'll get with some of my animation, but this is a movie that every time I watch it, I just absolutely fall in love with it over and over again. It's The Iron Giant from 1999. Just something about this, just, you know, it, it seems to have these, you know, adult themes where we're talking about, you know, robots and machines and nuclear war, and it just even though it tells it tells a grounded story though with a family a child living with his mom a single mom trying to raise a child and this this kid maybe not really feeling like he belongs in society and he kind of partners up with this giant played by Vin Diesel uh just i don't know for whatever reason just, this movie just has this spell that it casts over me every time i watch it it's like every time it's on tv or every time i'm feeling the animation you know kind of crazy i'm thinking i got to watch iron giant again just to to kind of re reinvigorate my love for animated films and you know specifically that film. Sure, I've I've um, actually never seen that one all the way through. Okay. I've seen highlights of it, uh, but uh, yes, everybody tells me that um, that it's an all time great. It's it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun, um, but also I think one of the biggest themes we've talked about with some of the movies is they you know it does have those adult themes where. You know, you're talking about uh, nuclear war, you're talking about machines and robots and technology. And, you know, I think it's uh, something that, you know, can entertain the adults just as much as it entertains children. So um, it's always been a fun, you know, a, a fun ride and, and you know, sort of an interesting watch every time I see it. Um, now, I think I've done pretty good so far avoiding the Disney Pixar brand, but these last three are going to be in that wheelhouse. I, it's hard to, it's hard to pass up because there are so many great films uh, from Disney and Pixar. So the first one I'm going with here at number three is Ratatouille. Um, it's a rat that can cook. Uh, and he partners up with the uh, buffoon of a, of a chef who uh, is just trying to make ends meet. And all of a sudden becomes this great chef because he's got this uh, rat inside his hat, pulling the strings literally. Um, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, beautiful images on screen, uh, but it also kind of gives you those, you know, easy themes and easy prompts of saying that anybody can do anything if you put your mind to it. Uh, so it's always something that I enjoy watching, whether it's on TV or on Disney Plus every once in a while, just kind of catching up with it. Absolutely. If this was a if this was a top 10, that would have been in the top 10 easily. Sure. Okay. All right. Now, number two, uh, you know, you talk about the uh, the opening scene of, of Lion King. Well, one of the opening scenes of this next movie brought me to tears. I have to. Admit. Uh -oh. I and, know and what that, it is. Yes, I know. You know, up up is, yes. a, you know, I'm telling you that first five minutes or so montage where we're, you know, without a single word uttered. We're able to tell a love story from beginning to end, and it's a beautiful, beautiful, you know, uh, callback to just nostalgia of, of romance and just love and just looking at visual images. It is like the perfect movie scene for an animated movie. We always think about loud noises and colors and this and that, 
this can tell a full story without saying a single word. It was a beautiful five-minute opening, and I have to admit that after that, I didn't care what was on screen almost. I would have probably enjoyed the film anyway. But what came after that was a fun story about, you know, the old generation coming in with a new generation and, and you know, sort of, you know, coming coming together and blending and, and sort of, you know, building a relationship with each other. It's a fun adventure. It's over the top, but it's exactly what you would want to see, I think, in an animated feature where, you know, we meet Carl Fredrickson, a man who's just lost his wife, as we mentioned there, with that love story from beginning to end. And then he's trying to look for something to hang on to. Well, he decides to take the honeymoon trip that they never had a chance to. And it uh, it really, you know, it really tells you that to, to take those chances, take a risk, you know, live your life. Don't let things get you down. It's a great film. I love it. The first five minutes were some of the best five minutes I've ever seen in the theater. It's a fantastic opening montage of, of just love and, and relationships. So up is number two on my list. Now, number one on my list, also staying with the, the Pixar theme, is, is the most recent to have come out. And that's actually Inside Out. I love this movie, you know, from the from the get-go. It's got those sweet, touching moments that you kind of come to expect with Pixar um, as we uh, meet uh, the main character's imaginary friend in her mind. But basically, this movie tells the story of a young girl who has her life uprooted from Minnesota and moving to San Francisco. And it talks about, it gets into her mind of emotions from joy to fear to anger to disgust to sadness and how all of those kind of emotions conflict with her as she's growing up in a new area where she knows no one, she can't play hockey or as of right, you know, as of the move. And then, you know, we, we, we kind of learn a little bit about the, the inside workings, I guess, of young, of youngsters. And um, it's beautiful to look at inside out. It's a gorgeous film. It really, in my opinion, it kind of, you know, breaks down the mind a little bit better than what we've seen a lot of psychological thrillers as we get inside the mind and how it, you know, works, so to speak, using that with quotation marks, obviously. But um, it's just a lot of fun. I just, every time I've seen it, I've just been blown away by how much emotion comes with it and just how beautiful it is to look at. Yes, uh, there is no shortage of great films from the Disney and Pixar catalog. What did you think of Inside Out? I mean, am I gushing too much over Inside Out, or what? What am I? What am I? I, I thought I. Um, it's obviously a, a tremendous effort. Um, I felt that it didn't have its world uh, figured out as much as it probably should have. Uh, I had a similar problem with uh, Pixar's Soul hmm. um, most recently, and again, okay. that's not to say it's a. It's a bad movie. I just feel like it could have um, could have maybe workshopped its uh, its its world building and its rules uh, a little bit better. Okay, no, that's fine. Well, there's obviously a lot. I mean, Wall-E was another movie that I had considered for my top five. It's a it you know it's another one of those you know more of adult kind of you know uh, movies where it's sort of a bleak world that we live in, but. Uh, you know, Pixar really had a, a, I thought, in my opinion, hit their stride in that mid to late 2000s where it seemed like they could really do no wrong. You know, obviously, you know, Finding Nemo was great in the early 2000s. Of course, you know, you had um, Toy Story. But, you know, I really felt like when you had Wall-E and you had Up, you know, those Ratatouille, those movies really like three in a row. Pixar just seemed to hit home runs with every one of them, in my opinion. Pixar has never done a bad movie to me. 
I, I will I will stick up for uh, the good dinosaur. I will stick up for the Cars sequels. I will stick up for for Onward, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, just just every movie a good one out of that studio. Yeah, it seems like you know. There every now and then, I mean, I I wasn't blown away as much by Brave, for instance. I I was really really hoping for a lot from Brave when that came out in 2012. Kind of, I thought that was kind of not the downward spiral because, like I said, I agree with you that I don't know if Pixar's ever made a bad movie. I think it was more of like a, a swing and a miss, more so because I was anticipating here comes another Pixar movie that's going to be amazing. It's going to be like all these other great Pixar movies and then it was just kind of good. So, um, but yeah, Pixar is, it's really, you know, hard to find a bad movie that Pixar has made. Um, I mean, I could have made an argument for the Incredibles. I really enjoyed the Incredibles when that came out. Um, sure. And it's sequel. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, Disney and Pixar really have, have found a great niche. Coco is a good film as well. I mean, absolutely. They, that could have, that could have been on the list. Yeah. And even a lot of their shorts, I mean, some of their shorts are fun, you know, I mean, not always, and but some of their shorts that they play before their movies are also very good, too. So um, just a, a wealth of great, con you know, content. But I will say, too, that, you know, you had, you know, South Park on there. I had the Lego movie and the Iron Giant that are non-Disney Pixar brand movies. So there are some, you know, really fun movies out there and good movies out there that are outside of the Disney brand if, uh, you know, if anybody's looking for movies to watch. You don't you don't have to necessarily get Disney Plus to watch great animated films. That's correct. All right, but it Bob. Helps. Well, yeah, it does help. It does. It does help. All right, Bob. Well, uh, you know, every pretty much all of our lists can be seen on on multiple streaming platforms, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K. Uh, so definitely go out and watch some animated movies, especially if you're in need of a little bit of a you know a little bit of a boost here in, in morale. Yeah, because this was a down weekend for new releases. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, Bob. We'll definitely appreciate your time. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is the highlight of my week. Uh, coming up next, we got uh, Memorial Day weekend with two huge new releases in A Quiet Place Part 2 and Cruella. All right. Can't wait. Thanks a lot, Bob. We appreciate it. Very good. Take care. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.